0: One of our favorite authors on today We're heading to Houston, Texas Where uh, this week it's probably not much warmer Than it is here in St. Louis Mm -hmm. Donna Snow (laughs) uh, Enjoying some snow in Texas this week Donna, welcome back to the Coffee Hour
2: It's so good to be with y'all And yes, I am giddy about the snow Because we never get it
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Donna is a a well-known author and speaker, especially among Lutheran circles and among our friends in LWML, and you have a new book, a new study available from Concordia Publishing House called Chosen, A Study of Esther. We are so excited to get to chat about that with you today. Donna, tell us, why study Esther?
2: Well, my goodness, why not? its I mean, as a woman, (laughs) it's one of the only two books in the Bible that are named after women. And I thought, oh, this has probably been done over and over and looked, and there's not a whole lot of Lutheran resources about Esther. And the more I dug into the research, um, you know, I found out Luther wasn't a fan of the book of Esther, and maybe that's part of it. But I thought, wow, there's a gaping hole lacking in this. And she was such a courageous woman of faith. I just wanted to find out, you know, what, what, Happened? What made her tick? What you know? All the history. It's just an amazing story.
0: That is excellent. Well, what is you shared with us a little bit about what's unique about this? As you studied the book, did you learn more about what is unique about this book of Esther?
2: I think one of the main things that's unique is that God's name is never mentioned, and but we can see His fingerprints everywhere, and I think that really speaks to us today with you know, the chaos that we're living in with the COVID and politics and all this kind of stuff, we sometimes maybe wonder, you know, where is God in all of this? But he has not exited stage left from from our circumstances. He just hasn't. And his fingerprints are everywhere. We just have to keep our eyes up like Esther and trust.
1: So how does God provide for Esther? Tell us a bit of her story.
2: Well, she was an orphan and she was um, adopted by her cousin Mordecai, an older cousin, and they were in the capital of the Persian Empire in Susa. And one thing led to another, and basically, the queen in existence offended King Ahasuerus and was yanked off stage and opened up the opportunity for Esther to kind of go through a Miss Persia contest, and she ended up becoming queen of Persia. And God placed her in that unique position to save his people from genocide. And he provided everything she needed to get to where she was and the strength she needed past fear to accomplish what he needed her to accomplish.
1: Mm -hmm. How does God use Esther in, in her story to help and provide for other people?
2: Well, she is, she's brave. I mean, she she finally said yes, after much hesitation and a lot of fear uh, to basically stepping up to the plate and saying, okay, I'm not here by accident. And she steps in to help save her people from annihilation by a wicked, you know, courtier or vizier, uh, second in command, so to speak. And God just uses her amazingly. And she, once she gets stepped up to the plate. She never backs down. She keeps after it.
0: I know that you are just a voracious reader and student. And I know that you put in all the homework as you worked (laughs) on this book. What did you learn as you were studying and as you were researching to write this book, Chosen, A Study vester.
2: Hmm, where do I begin? (laughs) There is so much. Um, You know, one of the most fascinating things I learned is, you know, women are talkers. We're just talkers by nature. And what I found in the book of Esther was that even though she was the main character in play, she did not even speak until chapter four. And throughout the entire 10 chapters of Esther, she only speaks eight times throughout the whole book. And it taught me that our actions really do speak louder than words. And Esther was a great example of that. It wasn't a lot of what she said, but what she said mattered. You know, it made a difference. But it was her basically keeping her head down, doing what God called her to do without a lot of chatter along the way. And I, I personally learned a whole lot from that because I love to talk. And <laughs> it challenged me, okay, what are my actions saying past my words?
1: Mm-hmm. What you also love to get into resources and rabbit trails and all of these other like ideas surrounding uh, the things that you're writing about. What are some of of the other things that um, you were able to study and look into and, and dig into to while you were studying Esther?
2: Oh, gosh, that's another where do I begin? I learned a lot about, you know, I was curious why when the king put in place that the Jews were to be annihilated, why that couldn't be revoked. And I found that it was uh, it was because of the codes of the Medes and the Persians. The laws of the Medes and the Persians could not be revoked once they were set. Even if the king wanted to revoke them, they could not be revoked. It's like they were etched in stone. And so I got off on a rabbit trail about the laws of the Medes and the Persians and why the king couldn't just say, you know, ooh, my bad, (laughs) that was a bad thing. Let me take it back where Esther and Mordecai had to put their heads together to come up with a second decree that basically gave the Jews the right to defend themselves uh, when the attacks came. And I I learned that the, the laws of the Medes and Persians came from the Code of Hammurabi, and I never knew that, but we actually have a copy of that hanging in the Supreme Court of the United States. The original is in the Louvre in Paris, and it's actually a code that was done millennia ago that a lot of by which we still live today. And it's, it was just fascinating.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you find that that studying the rest of the history, um, the, the world history, when you're studying a book of the Bible, how does that help us really understand even more what's happening in Scripture?
2: It makes all the difference in the world because... For us to really appreciate how brave God made Esther, we have to understand the culture that she was in at the time. You know, women were not valued. They really didn't have a voice. And in that culture, they were just, you know, they were commodities and they were just traded as commodities. They really weren't people. It was just whoever was up at the time. And if you don't know that and how powerless women were at the time, you don't really understand what it took for her To go before the king and say, hey, you know, there's something going on you need to know about. And without knowing that, it's just like, oh, well, yeah, today, if something's wrong, we just speak up. Well, it literally could have cost Esther her life. And it's important to know.
0: You mentioned earlier how studying this impacted you. How were you changed as you studied this book of Esther?
2: I think it challenged me how many times I don't step up when I should. And I say that, you know, not growing up in the church, I feel sometimes still that I don't have a right to speak because I haven't been a, you know, an industry insider for my whole life, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Christianity in general, not just Lutheranism, but it, it made me realize that, you know, God gave each of us a voice and we all have something to bring to the table, whether we were born into it or God brought us in later. And it just um, it challenged me to be discerning in the future where I need to be stepping up and where I need to keep my mouth shut.
1: You know, (laughs) (laughs) what are some insights in this Bible study that you want to make sure that women understand as they read through this?
2: I think it's important for women to understand that, yes, God made Esther beautiful, but that isn't what accomplished what needed to be done. Um, God gave Esther a backbone, and that <laughs> and trusting him is what got her through everything. so it doesn't really matter what we look like on the outside it's the that core of steel of faith that God gives us when it counts that matters, and that's all of us.
0: hmm so that what 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 we consider beautiful today uh is is different than perhaps what God defines as as beautiful. As oh, well.
2: absolutely, and it's so interesting once again, researching the Persian culture, I mean, Esther went through twelve months of beauty treatments before you know before she spent one night with the king and became queen and we're not talking someone who was sixty five years old we're talking someone who was already young and beautiful, and still they felt she needed to have twelve months of beauty treatments and I think I think that speaks a lot to what our young women face today, that they're not beautiful as they are. They have to do lots of things and procedures, and it makes me sad in my soul.
0: Hmm. All right. Take us to where you study. I know you like to travel. I know the last uh, year has been a bit challenging, but take us to, take us to just a, a minute of studying with Donna Snow <laughs> as you were writing this book.
2: As I was writing this book, I spent a lot of time at the Lanier Theological Library. And it's a library here in Houston that is nothing but gobs of resources on biblical um, history, current, you know, commentaries, individual writings. It's just, it's almost like the SEM library, but local. And it's just an incredible place to read stuff that and I like reading so much because it opens thoughts that I would never have considered on different aspects of of studies or whatever it is. And I love studying really where it's quiet. And if I'm surrounded by books with a cup of coffee, I'm so <laughs> delighted. It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Four to ten hours later, someone comes and finds you. <laughs>
2: finds me on the ceiling, scraping me off because I've drank so much coffee.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Donna, uh, where can we find Chosen A Study of Esther?
2: Well, naturally, it's at cph.org, Concordia Publishing House. I think that all pre-orders get 15% off. Of course, it's on Amazon and there's a Kindle version, but um, it releases March 2nd. And so we are, what, two weeks out? And the excitement is really uh, exciting because I realize women don't have a study of Esther in the Lutheran Church, one that goes verse by verse. And there has just been such a sense of excitement about this study. I'm really pumped for women to get a hold of it and start studying it.
0: Very good. So uh, it can—it it comes in a variety of formats. You can get a hard copy of it, but there's a, an electronic version, it sounds like, as well? Mm-hmm very good very good well Donna thank you so much for sharing your new book with us chosen a study of Esther available from Concordia Publishing House we'll share the link in the the program notes as well today and always good to catch up with you Donna and I hope next time uh, when you're traveling that we could get to spend some time together (laughs) I know we had to do this remotely this time but I hope I hope that we'll have a chance to to meet in person and uh, share more about what you're writing next time as well thanks so much for being our guest on the coffee hour
2: Thanks, Andy and Sarah. Y'all are amazing.
0: You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates.
1: I'm Sarah Golsa.